1: The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgononi and Matthew Betts. Welcome in! It's January 26th here on the Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your
0: host, Kyle Bergenoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Big Money bets. Hope so, man. I hope after this weekend that's the case, but um, it's this weekend's crazy, man. I mean, we've only got two games, so you might think, okay, on the surface, like this is a very easy slate to diagnose. You know, you just kind of break down where both defenses are weak, and you just play those guys, but it's like, Once you look at pricing and you consider the game theory aspect of this and just I think how efficient these markets are as far as the lines and totals at this point, um, this slate is really tricky, man. I don't know how you feel, but we were kind of talking before we hit record and I was telling you, like, I've talked myself into and out of different players already two or three times this week based off just different research I've come across. So um, it should be a lot of fun, man. I'm excited for the football. Uh, Great matchup, especially the AFC game, dude. We get to witness Mahomes and Lamar, you know, on the main stage. It should be a ton of fun.
1: Always Lamar. We've always been very, very, very pro Lamar and the Ravens. So um yeah, should be great football. I do want to start us off by saying that this has been a very kind weekend to Betts and I over the last couple of years. Okay. Don't I don't put that on us. And I start I'm just saying it's been good to us. Well, the I'm more there, dude. starting off with no gratitude. I'm going with gratitude. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> um, I'm trying to foster an environment where we're thankful, we're humble. But uh, just also to say that these championship games, there's very, there's very small room for error. And if you say, I want to be overweight in the field, you know, everybody's playing everybody. You're not getting cute. But you can have a stance. And the last couple of years, Betts and I have had some big stances that meant a lot. So last year was, I think my best year, I need to go back, but like or at least my best week of the year for DFS, where I just went overweight, MVS, bets. he was rostered. I I checked this out. I went back 6.7% of the field played MVS last year. And he went for 26.6 points the year before the great Gabe Davis game in a losing effort. He puts up 55.1 points. Uh, Bets, he was rostered at 18.7%. So that was pretty awesome. And then here's my trivia question for you. So I gave you 2023. I gave you 2022. Do you know in 2021 who the wide receiver was that was under 10% rostered that went for 24.5 points? I can give you the teams. Give me the teams. All right. They were the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, and Buccaneers. So the field, you know, so this person's kind of like in the same vein of an MVS or Gabe Davis, real boom bust guy.
0: Well, I know that that was the year the Chiefs played the Bucks, correct, in the Super Bowl. In the Super With Tom Bowl. Brady. So I'm trying to remember kind of how those games went. I'm drawing a complete blank in my mind as to how those games went. So I, I can't even pull a name, like, like a uh, Gabe Davis or an MBS. Like my initial thought was like, oh, maybe like a Chris Goblin or something like that. But uh, but no, I don't know who it is.
1: I mean, it could be Gabe Davis or the answer could be it was MBS M- that year as well. <laughs>
0: That's so funny, man. MBS, dude. Hey, if 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 history means anything. Then I think we just play MVS this weekend and we print money. Is that how this works?
1: I mean, two out of the last three years, if you played MVS, you were balling. But it is funny. I was going back through my data. I was like, "Man, MVS is a Packer. MVS is a Chief, just as balled out when it comes to championship week." So we'll talk about some of those wide receivers. That you know, some people will hear that and say, "Okay, well, who's the wide receiver this year?" Like, it might be zero, but zero people, like none, or it could be Justin Watson.
0: Oh, I was hoping oh, we would talk about him. We're we're on the same page. He's just,
1: He's a super... I mean, I'm not giving you any real advice here. I have, I just have a soft spot for Justin Watson. So uh, we'll talk about these games, how to break them down, both of them. Uh, in just a second, Betts and I will also talk about some of these salaries and who kind of stands out from a game theory standpoint. I mean, with only four teams, you can't just look at football matchup stuff only, although we'll give you a ton. And really, I mean, I think we almost went too far into the weeds at some point. Like, there's a certain thing where you go play this player, play Christian McCaffrey. Don't think about the matchup with the lions, but you can also say, well, what if I didn't play Christian McCaffrey and go down that rabbit hole and find out like game theory wise, what you can do. So we'll talk about all of that. If you want to get our picks, dfspass.com guys, I don't have many more weeks to be able to say that because we're about to turn the page for the ultimate draft kit plus for 2024, which includes the DFS pass and so you can get it for free for a couple more weeks, but I'm just telling you right now. If you're one of those people that it's been enjoying free, you know. There, there's a time frame. This is a ticking time bomb. Um I feel like I'm not supposed to say bomb on a on a podcast.
0: <laughs> Don't say bomb. Bomb. <laughs> just yeah. say it over and over again. Bomb
1: bomb 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 oh, bomb. Oh man.
0: Yeah, I d- Great movie. Um dude, yeah, Super Bowl is after this Sunday of course, 2 weeks away. And that is the last part of the free DFS pass, but We've had a ton of success in the Super Bowl, and really, the way that we like to capitalize on that, obviously, we'll play some showdown lineups at DFS, but the markets that are available for betting, I mean, you're talking about the National Anthem, the Gatorade, the opening kickoff, the first touch of the game, who will it go, just stuff like that that you can really go down a ton of different paths and actually find really good edges, so we've had a lot of success. Hopefully, it continues this year in the Super Bowl, Uh, but yeah, last week of free, and then, dude, we're on to 2024. Officially, which is just crazy to say.
1: Yeah, I mean the the work that we get to put in the offseason, I feel like sometimes is more rewarding because you're building towards an end result, which is the season. But you know, with the ultimate draft kit plus, if you get the pre-order, which comes out on Super Bowl Sunday, you get the Dynasty Pass. So when Betts and I are talking on the Dynasty podcast, a lot of that work is is going in right now too. So you get Dynasty Pass, you get the DFS pass, and you get the ultimate draft kit and you get to hang out with us. So what a deal. It's kind of like a win-win-win. Like our our friend Michael Scott once said. Just win win win. Exactly. Couldn't Those have set kind up better of myself. You need. So DFSpass.com, it, it will cost you free. Uh let's talk about these games before we, you know, break them down from a matchup standpoint and just say, okay, with the Chiefs and Ravens, where it's at, I'm seeing, you know, forty four and a half, forty fives. I've seen some forty fives out there. Um a lot of money on that first game has been going towards the over, which is great to see from a fan perspective because this game's awesome. And then we have the Lions and 49ers. And that line has kind of been San Francisco minus seven. Their team implied total the 49ers. I feel like I'm in deja vu because every single week it's been 49ers. Their team implied total is 28 plus. And what do you have the total right now? Was that 51 when it opened? It was at 50 and a half. Seen it dance around a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's kind of gone up, come back down. Now it's back up. I've actually seen some fifty one and a halves out there as of our recording. Um, so that's a good sign. And then on the uh, the team total front and the spread front, I've seen some seven and a halves in favor of San Francisco. Obviously, elevating that team total another half point. The market is kind of telling me that I think Debo is going to play. Based off that, like we'll talk about Debo and how it affects the game and everything. But I, we're not getting a discount on the Niners. It seems with the Debo injury. So I think they're pricing it as if Debo is going to play. And then the other takeaway is that you mentioned a lot of money's coming in on the over in Ravens chiefs. And what's wild dude is the line moved the opposite direction, a half point. So I would just be careful uh, thinking that that means it's definitely going to shoot out and it's definitely going to be a great game. And it's definitely going to go bonkers. We'll talk about the matchup. I mean, these defenses are just unreal. So I actually kind of like the under in that spot, which is not fun for DFS, but on a two game slate, you know, you don't have to be perfect. So you don't have to identify, uh, you know, every game that's going to shoot out and every player that's going to have a ceiling performance. You don't need every player to do that. So don't be worried as much. I don't, I don't think about that as a, a bigger concept that we talked a lot about that on the main slate. This is, to me, more of a game theory play than anything else.
1: I'm looking at the salaries and we have some content on our website. Bet's put out the Vegas report. I put out a first look pace of play as well where you can... Walk through these games with us. You know, even if you know our voices so well, you can just read it and just kind of hear us just with those sweet, sweet dulcet tones. You know, people
0: love that like a stuff. fire in the background crackling?
1: Yeah, just reading the pace of play. Just like, oh, th- I know what Kyle sounds like. <laughs> um, But the salaries, I wanted to point out a couple of things real quick. So at quarterback, Lamar is going to be priced up on both sites um, where... You get some bunching together of the other guys. And then Jared Goff on FanDuel is really cheap at 7200 But I think people, the field is going to play Lamar. And Purdy is probably going to be the second you know, most popular, maybe even the most. Because he's just right there in salary. Perfect price point. Their team implied total is the highest. So at quarterback, it's going to be a lot of Lamar, a lot of Purdy. And then at running back, Christian McCaffrey is too cheap still. All right, 9000 on DK, eleven on FanDuel. He will be the most popular running back and then it'll probably be Pacheco. And so from just a roster construction standpoint any other thoughts on running back? Because the the Lions running backs are hard. They're always going to split roster percentage. And then Gus Edwards is cheap, especially on FanDuel at 5,800. But he's also a hard person to click because he does nothing in the passing game. So any game theory or roster construction takes on running back.
0: Um, I think it's an interesting spot to attack with those kind of unknowns, with the uncomfortable clicks, right? The Justice Hills of the world, the Gus Edwards, um, the unknown between Gibbs versus Montgomery. You don't want to click wrong, so like I would feel pretty comfortable leaning into some of those spots on this small two-game slate because if you get it right, you know you'll have pretty decent leverage on the field. So I think that's one one takeaway at running back. The other thing is just like you said, understanding what the field is going to do. And really, as a a general concept, knowing which combinations are going to be played at a very high rate by the field is a way to just say, okay, I know that that's what everyone is going to do in tournaments. How can I just get a little different off of that construction? So, you know, if you want to play Christian McCaffrey, which obviously he's a great play, maybe not in every lineup, you shouldn't play Isaiah Pacheco, right? Because that's what everyone's going to do, that combination. So just kind of thinking about that game theory aspect, I think is really important on these uh, super small slates.
1: Yeah. For instance, Pacheco and Rasheed Rice, the exact same price. You can use them as leverage points. I mean, people are going to play them in the same lineup as well. But if you're not playing Pacheco and you are playing Rice at that price point, you can think about that. I think it's really easy for me to look at the running backs and say, oh, McCaffrey, Pacheco, and I'll pick one other one. And I have a pretty high floor team. And I can't say don't do that. But in large field tournaments, I probably will lean a little bit more into rostering a fourth wide receiver And it's kind of viable on the slate if you want to play two tight ends because they're essentially like wide receivers. So make sure you categorize the wide receivers and tight ends together, like combine their price points because Travis Kelsey at 6,600 is the wide receiver four on the slate. He's actually ahead of Rasheed Rice. Uh, Sam Laporta at 5,400 is a little bit lower. He's actually below Zay Flowers, but I think we both like Sam Laporta a lot more than Zay Flowers in this environment. So make sure you combine those. Uh, I'll also point out that Amon Ra is 7,900, which is laughable on DraftKings. So he's going to be super popular and super safe. We'll talk about what he's done. But man, like, like, his last six games bets 27 DraftKings points, 31.6, 22, 30, 21, 21 21.7 DraftKings points. So that is an insanely high floor with only you know, four teams to look at.
0: Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Um, Yeah, and, and we'll talk about what that means as far as how you construct your roster around guys like that, that you kind of feel like you need. Um, but, you know, just just general take on the wide receivers pricing wise. He is too cheap. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting guys in the 4K range that the field is going to condense around that I don't know that I necessarily agree with. So I wouldn't be looking to get too cute at the top. Those guys are the best plays on the slate for a reason. But, when you see these cheaper guys that people need on this slate to fit in other players, and the chalk kind of condenses around certain guys, one of my favorite ways to play these small slates is to just either pivot to a teammate in the same price range closely, or just pivot to a different player at the same price in a different game. Um, and so we'll talk about those guys on the slate as well.
1: Yeah, Debo obviously is a big point. We'll talk about that and how you adjust, but like he changes so much of Brandon Ayuk's roster percentage. So much of George Kittle, uh, we'll find out more about that. And then, the last thing I want to say is the defenses—they're bunched together. And I did a little study just looking back the last couple of years. The points that you've gotten from defenses in conference championships games have not been that great, right? Like looking at the last three years, the Eagles last year, your Eagles—they uh, are a shell of themselves now. But last year they scored 11 DraftKings points, and really like. There's been no other teams to have difference-making performance. Like, 11 is not a performance you'd usually have on a main slate. You'd be like, whoa, they blew it out of the water. You'd say that's really good. But, I mean, there's teams scoring zero, negative two. What I'm trying to say is that defense hasn't really mattered that much the last three years, and it might matter this year, but usually you're just not seeing high turnovers. You're not seeing teams, you know, have pick sixes, fumble sixes, all those things. So, with defense, I wish I could give really good advice and say. Here's what the field's going to do or heels here here's the exact way to pivot. They're going to be condensed together and they all kind of have the same median outcome. So, I don't know, like any advice for defense? I feel dumb saying that.
0: No, I think it's a good it's a good point and that 11 points from the Eagles last year was because Brock Purdy tore his UCL in his elbow. So, even that's fluky, right? Um yeah, I think this is one of the better spots to get leverage is to try to lean away from whatever the chalkiest defense is going to be. And because there's only four, it's not like you're going to get one of these at 8% or whatever. Like they're all going to be 15 plus, right. 20 plus, somewhere in there. But on a two game slate, 15 or 20% is actually kind of contrarian. Whereas, you know, guys that get elevated to 60%, 70%, those are the chalky plays. So just understand the player pool is smaller. So you'll see those roster percentages condense. So yeah, given how fluky d- defense scoring is, and we're dealing with an incredibly small sample of two games i'm going to try to lean away from whatever the chalk defense ends up being by the time we get to saturday and sunday morning and again a friendly reminder you don't have to group this out like you would on a main slate you can play your quarterback against the opposing uh, defense you can play your running back against the opposing defense a couple players against them like it's not you know we're not trying to hit a ceiling performance necessarily the way we would on a 12 game slate it's okay to play a couple guys against your defense so don't group that out or you will lose i think some combinations that you probably want to play if you're running like a 150 set or a 20 max or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm looking at these defenses roster percentage. you were dead on. It's like 15 to 33%. It's kind of been that zone. And when you have these four teams, that's where it's going to be like, maybe the Ravens will be the most popular. Uh, Maybe the 49ers will be the most popular, but they're not going to be out of control. 40 plus percent. They're going to kind of be even across the board. And I think we would say, I could see a scenario where all four of these defenses, like each one of them gets there. They're talented enough uh and and good in their own way so we'll talk about those last thing i'll say i did some optimals some optimals research which basically means i looked at you know our optimizer and played around (laughs) with settings and talked about some stuff yeah click some buttons um there's gonna be a lot of 49ers in lineups like it's not going to be shock shocking to see three four 49ers in most builds and i can't tell someone don't do that but just in cash environments if you do play cash it's okay. You can lead into 49ers. You want to play Purdy, McCaffrey, and at least one other 49er. That makes a ton of sense. You can fit in them on raw as well. And then I see a lot of people just punting at least one wide receiver. I even see some people playing Noah Gray just so they can fit in another stud um, and and play two tight ends. Uh, that can work too. So um, everything's on the table. Like I said, bets and I went overweight MVS and Gabe Davis and it helped us win some money but it also did not feel very comfortable to go in saying hey mvs is the play of the week you guys trust me
0: <laughs> that's how i felt on that so, two game slate on Wildcard weekend when i said mccall hardman was the play of the week he was not <laughs> he was not the play of the week <laughs> he was not hey, maybe it. maybe it's this week kyle you never know
1: that's what usually happens and i and i've started doing that in dfs more where i was really on to some of the week before i'm like I'm just gonna play him again. I might not tell anyone that I'm doing it, <laughs> but I'll play him again. And if it works,
0: yeah, because then if it's, it doesn't uh, work, it's like part of the... you don't have to face it. It's just yeah, no one knows I was a I was an idiot with my money and did it again. But if it works, you better believe I'm telling people about it.
1: There's so much inner uh gamesmanship and inner turmoil and you know galaxy brain stuff with DFS that over time, and maybe it's that part of the year. You know, before it was like, ah, we got 10 games, 13 games on the slate. You know, you just kind of relax. Now you get to four teams, you start looking at Richie James and go, maybe. Maybe there's <laughs> something there with that dude.
0: Hey, Justin Ross, here we go. So,
1: Dude, I, I watched some Justin Ross uh, Clemson highlights the other day.
0: Oh, and to get ready, ready for the show?
1: Uh, no, I I just. Just for fun? Yeah, and that's, sometimes there's rabbit trails in this job, and I like that. That I end up going somewhere, and you know, what was that one week you watched a bunch of, uh bunch of film of, uh, wasn't Carson
0: Wentz. I don't know, dude. It was like week 18. You Jeff Driscoll or someone like that.
1: Driscoll, that's what it was. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Bets, I need to ask you a simple question. Are, are you ready? Are you prepared to talk about these games? My body is ready. Okay. I actually don't think you're ready for what's about to happen. Where are the turtles? (laughs) Where are they? (laughs) What? (laughs) Where did that come from? You know, today I was just thinking, like I said, another rabbit trail. And I was just thinking, what a question that Michael Scott asked, where are the turtles? (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I just love that so much. I'm going to take out the phrase stack attack from our drop and just add that in there for bets only
0: I was not ready for that but that just made my day there you go all right where are the turtles let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs
1: at the Baltimore Ravens the line is Baltimore minus three and a half currently the over unders at 44 and a half and like we mentioned we've seen some forty-fives out there Uh, in my game score I gave this a three which means it could go either way and I think that the line is appropriate. It's appropriate for what these teams are really good at and uh, how good their past defenses have been. Like really just shut down on both ends of the spectrum. The Ravens are weird. I just want to start off by saying they're a weird team because they've had some performances where they dominate, right? Where they beat the dolphins that one week. It was just like, Oh, they're rolling the Texans last week. It was tied at half. And then all of a sudden you could just see them kind of get some momentum do you remember the Ravens had a couple of losses this year that were just like, what happened? Like they lost to the Gardner Minshew Colts at home in overtime. They lost to the Steelers somehow on the road. Like they just had these weird games where just all of a sudden it didn't work out. So I approached this game at first saying, okay, what, what do I think is the most logical thing to happen? It's going to be that Lamar and this offense continue to do what they, what they do. But, I did want to at least open up a door to say, what if Lamar isn't as efficient as he's been? Or what if Lamar has turnovers? We've seen these multi-turnover games and they kind of blow up in the playoffs in the past. So I mentioned at the very beginning because every single efficiency stat with the Ravens, their offense, and especially their defense, just say "This this is the best team, right? This is the best team in the NFL. They beat the 49ers, even though they're not the betting favorite. So where do you want to start with the Ravens uh, because stacking them isn't easy at all.
0: Yeah, I mean the biggest uh, point here is that Mark Andrews looks like he's going to be back for this game, so that's going to affect, you know, how you view Isaiah Likely, how you view some of the ancillary wide receivers like Odell Beckham or Rashad Bateman or Nelson Aguilar, who you know without Andrews, I would have maybe considered in my player pool this week. Now, on a two game slate, you should probably consider almost everyone at some point in your player pool, especially if you're playing a lot of uh, lineups, but to me it's just a matter of kind of like how much does he play and you know he's been out for two plus months obviously hasn't been part of the game plan in a very long time i don't know how truly 100 healthy he is so he's a tough player to kind of talk about on the slate because if he was healthy and he's at 5k it's like that's an easy play every 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 time right But that has me a little concerned. So like, does he play too much to like take away from likely is likely now like a sneaky play because Andrews is active and he might not play that much. Like that's what I'm trying to work through in my head. And I just simply don't know. So I think it's okay to take some shots on likely in tournaments. I don't know that I'm going to go there and Andrews just off the injury in this spot. Uh, To me, it is obviously a pretty tough matchup for the passing game in general. And what was weird about last week is, you know, I kind of thought maybe that Odell would play more now that he had a few weeks of. Arrest. rest he wasn't on the injury now, report. what happened he played less than he did in the regular season but he, he ran what like eight routes he ran eight routes last week uh bateman at it was of course zay flowers was one bateman had 21 routes he was second on the team agalor 18 odell eight devin duvernay zero so i don't understand what that was or why that happened but it doesn't give you any confidence to go right back to odell and, and if you think that's sticky then Bateman is kind of a sneaky play on the slate, right? He's 3600 yes. um, He's cheap, and on a he's 4900 And we talked about where Chalk is going to condense in that range. It's going to be on Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds at a very similar price point. So that's kind of where my mind goes is just, man, if, if that Odell usage last week is what it's going to be this week, and there's a ton of unknowns about that, then Bateman looks like a pretty interesting play on the slate.
1: Okay. The, Bateman's one of the names that popped up that I thought, okay, well, he makes a lot of sense at his price point. 3600 on DraftKings. Um, $4,900 on FanDuel. Let, let me say this about the tight ends because they correlate best with Lamar compared to the wide receivers all year long. Likely has been awesome. When I put them in the wide receiver pool, 5000 for Mark Andrews, 4300 for Isaiah Likely, there's a massive gap in the pricing of wide receivers where there's literally no one there. I mean... Zay Flowers 5,800, but then you go down further and it's Jawan Jennings at 4,600, Odell Beckham at 4,400, Josh Reynolds at 4,000. All of those guys, we would say, are airball candidates. So I don't mind using Andrews and Likely. It's just really hard for me to see them as I play them and then I'm not playing another tight end because I feel like the field is just going to bury them. Like They're not going to be played a ton. So if you are going to play Andrews Likely, know that's probably one of your more contrarian pieces that you're going to play. And if you want to add another tight end and do a two tight end build, I don't mind that at all. Um, and so then from there, you could also look at if I want to skinny stack Lamar with a tight end and then figure out on the Kansas City side who I'm bringing it back with. That's a fine place to start off this game. But I, I like the tight ends from a game theory standpoint. I like that they correlate with Lamar. But maybe they just you know, eat into each other and you end up not getting enough production.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely outcome. But again, on these two game slates, you're playing for a 90th percentile outcome for your one situation to happen where the one time MBS is incredible. It's, it's this week. The one time Gabe Davis pops off, it's this week, right? So you can take shots there. And if you do play that route, you can pretty much just put chalk around it because I think it is going to be contrarian enough. So um yeah, I think that's fine. What are your, what are your thoughts on Zay Flowers here? He's an interesting guy that, like, his price feels good, but the splits with Andrews in the lineup, as far as his usage, his, you know, his targets, his receptions, all that stuff, is down when Andrews plays. So again, if you think Andrews plays a decent amount, it's a ding on, Zay Flowers. If you think Andrews is active and plays a couple snaps, a handful of snaps, Flowers might go overlooked. So what are your thoughts there? It's obviously a super difficult matchup. It's why I was on the under on digs last week against KC. They've just been dominant against wide receiver ones on the opposite side of the team. Um on the upside of the game, I should say, rather. So I, I kind of see the case for Zay Flowers, but I'm leaning on trying to have a, a decent fan on him. Where are you?
1: Yeah, I think the only way that it makes sense as, is as a contrarian leverage piece over somebody else, either in this game or some of the other price points. I mean, I, I just have a hard time. He doesn't get the red zone targets like we want from a wide receiver one. Legereus Steed has been really, really good this year. I mean, all pro good even though we usually don't care about cornerback matchups. He's one of the few where you should care about it. And his game is not volume ever, too. It's always been efficiency. You know, he breaks off a long one, yards after catch kind of stuff. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me to want to go there. I need Zay Flowers, if I'm playing him, not only to go for get in the end zone, but he's not a great candidate to get to 100 yards. Rasheed Rice, Amon Amon Ra, the San Francisco wide receivers just feel so much like their their floor is higher. The raw point projection is going to be higher. So I think Bateman's my favorite at 3,600 if I'm playing in a large field and I'm hoping for a long bomb. Uh, does he, he give off MVS
0: vibes? Who's that, Bateman? Yeah. Oh, big time. Where it's like no one saw this coming in the random 50 yards and a touchdown. On a two-game slate, you're cooking with that, so... Yeah, that makes sense. And, and last point on Zay Flowers, he has had zero end zone targets whenever Mark Andrews has been healthy or in the lineup. So I think I might not. Good. I think I might fade him and hope for the best.
1: I've tried to fade Zay Flowers for the last year.
0: How's it, how'd it go? I think it was fine. Yeah, I think I, I do overall like... when he's unpopular and you play the other side of it, it's worked out.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the Gus Bus because he's fifty five hundred, fifty $5, eight hundred on Fanduel. I love that price on Fanduel. This year, he was tied with Raheem Mostert for the second most uh, rush attempts inside the ten. Only your boy Jalen Hurts, with his tush push, had more. So, you know what the role is. You know what you're hoping for. And the Chiefs, they've been a run funnel all year. 28th in rush EPA, 27th in rush DVOA, 26 in yards per carry allowed. So the Gus Bus is a real candidate to get you know one to two touchdowns on the ground. And I use him as a wipeout pick. I'm not probably playing Lamar. I'm not thinking this game goes off. Um, So I I like Gus as a wipeout pick or Gus as a bring back from Mahomes stacks if you really like this game a lot. Um, I just love that price point. But I also could make a case for Justice Hill where he led the team in snaps last week. It was 38 snaps, 77 total yards. He's never been a guy that you're like, oh, sweet, I might get a touchdown from Justice Hill. You're, You're hoping for... 10 touches, 75 yards somehow, but um, I think these guys are going to be 20% or so, like more contrarian pieces compared to the other running backs. So they're interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I like both and I'm probably going to try to play a decent amount of both. The tricky thing is, is that there's not really a trend as far as their usage. Like there's weeks where it's Gus Edwards with 15 carries and Uh, You know, and then it changed a little bit with Keaton Mitchell taking over and then he tore his ACL and then it was kind of like Justice Hill and then it was back to Gus Edwards. And, you know, so it's kind of been back and forth for a lot of the last two months. So uh, the usage is not something that I'll be tracking as far as like this is who to play. But I think they both make sense as a, you know, the field doesn't know which one to play. And we already talked about everyone is going to start McCaffrey, Pacheco, figure it out you play McCaffrey with one of these guys and get different that way? I think that's interesting on this slate, especially considering the matchup. Like on a two-game slate, matchups aren't everything and they can be a little overrated. But the path of least resistance for the Ravens offense is the ground game, like you said, specifically out of the shotgun. Um, we saw it with Josh Allen and the Bills running backs last week. Kansas City is allowing the second highest yards per carry to shotgun runs out of the shotgun, which is going to be a ton of these running backs and lamar hitting you with huge plays as a, as a runner so i am very interested in both these guys and you know looking at some of like uh just kind of the smaller field stuff i play knowing it's going to be McCaffrey and pacheco i could see justice hill or gus edwards coming in at like 15 percent in a small field tournament which on this two game slate i really like so yeah i think this is an interesting spot and um, like you said you're kind of touchdown hunting with gus you're hoping justice hill makes a couple explosive plays
1: all right, let's finish off talking about Lamar before we go to the Chiefs' side. He balled out last week, four touchdowns. Lamar, like, what's crazy about Lamar? Last week he was seventy nine hundred. He went for thirty nine DraftKings points, and he wasn't the optimal quarterback. That's right. That's like, crazy. Baker, Baker was. I mean, Baker put up thirty plus, so that was part of it at six thousand. So. The only thing I ever say about Lamar and because he's the most expensive one is what does he have to do and what does the rest of the field at quarterback not have to do for him to be, I need this player. And last week I played Lamar and I was feeling really good about myself for a couple days or for, for that day. And then I was like, oh man, Baker just went to town and didn't matter because of the way that people could construct the roster. So is he too expensive on this slate?
0: I don't think so. I mean, when you compare him to Mahomes, he's only 800 more. And then Brock Purdy is not that far down there. And, you know, on DraftKings specifically, Jared Goff isn't that far down. Like, I think it's a really interesting price tag when you think about Lamar and the ceiling he's shown, not just last week, but really for the last like six weeks he's played. He's just been awesome. And, you know, I mentioned the, the rushing out of shotgun. He has three games against the Chiefs. In his career with Steve Spagnolo as the defensive coordinator, he has gone 8 one 983 0 as a runner. We just saw Josh Allen beat this team up for twelve seventy 2 on the ground. I think it's going to be a massive Lamar Day running the ball. Um, and that's a ceiling I'm willing to chase, especially considering, and, and the spot for Brock Purdy, which we're going to talk about, is literally perfect. Just look what Baker Mayfield just did. Um, but man, if he's going to be the second most popular or the third most popular, that feels like a spot I want to get overweight.
1: I think I think he's going to end up being one or two in roster percentage. And the only pushback I'll give is that this is a different Kansas City defense than when they last played, twenty twenty one, something like that. Like,
0: yeah, this defense is great.
1: They've yeah, and they've done pretty good against rushing quarterbacks. Now Lamar's different. Um, so if you're playing Lamar, all right, I'm hoping for, in my opinion, I want twenty five plus DraftKings points. I want to stack him with. At least one option, but it's not necessarily to do a double stack. And I'm saying this game is going to hit the over because the one thing about Lamar is that he has games where this team goes into cruise control and he doesn't need to do it, which makes Gus Edwards kind of a, a play where you're like, ah, oh, do I really want to go there with Gus Edwards? So just just think about if this team wants to go into neutral or not. Yeah, if,
0: if they do get up by you know 10 in the fourth quarter, it's going to be hands off left and right with Gus most likely. That's kind of what they want to do. So that is a good point to think about how you think the game goes. And if you think Baltimore can cover the minus three and get out to a lead, then Lamar is probably not as interesting. But if you think Mahomes and the Chiefs hang around here or even pull off the upset, then Lamar becomes very interesting.
1: Yeah, in the game or in the pace of play article, I wrote game scripts to consider. And this is how I went through these games. I just said like, okay, let's assume that the Ravens crush. They hit their team implied total. Well, I think Gus Edwards make, becomes a really good play. Um, If it's a back-and-forth affair, I really like Lamar's skinny stack with two Kansas City pieces on the other side. There is also a scenario where the Chiefs create a ton of turnovers, and I think the Chiefs' defense makes a lot of sense. Isaiah Pacheco makes a ton of sense. Let's talk about the Chiefs' side. Um, Mahomes hasn't got there. Like I I wanted to get on here and say, okay, play Mahomes. He's probably going to be the third most popular quarterback. He's Mahomes. He's 6,900. This Ravens defense is really, really good. He's completing only 49% of his passes under pressure and go back through his games. He has just one 20 plus fantasy point game over the last 11 starts. That is painful. Because if I didn't get 20 points for Patrick Mahomes, that is a waste of DraftKings salary. So how are you approaching him and stacking his side?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's only a four game slate. So like if you're playing a lot of lineups, you should probably have all four quarterbacks in your pool. The way I play, which is a smaller contest and stuff like that. I don't know that Mahomes is going to make my lineups this week, and it's just because of the fact, like you said, he doesn't really get there for fantasy. He's still incredible when you look at his EPA you know, metrics and stuff like that, but this offense is different, and this Ravens defense is no joke. They are legit. They are historic in terms of their DVOA type stuff. Um, they're just awesome, and so when I think about that and I think about the total relative to the other game, you know, and Lamar gives you... 20 25 points purdy gives you 18 19 20 points when you consider like he's in the middle of those guys pricing wise i don't think we're getting like 30 from the homes in the spot maybe he matches the other guys but i think the most likely outcome if you simulate this slate a thousand times is he probably comes in as like the third scoring quarterback maybe fourth if jared goff can keep up with the niners so yeah on a small game on a, a small slate like i said if you're playing a ton of lineups i would have some Mahomes just in case but the way i play it and i only play a handful of lineups i don't know how i'm gonna get there on Mahomes this week
1: are you trying to tell me something like if he if he beats you or is that are <laughs> you reserved that for somebody else
0: don't you dare don't you dare kyle try to bait me into <laughs> fading the best quarterback on the planet currently i know um but yeah a- i think he might be the guy this week i mean there's there's other guys that I think no, are way really. more. I, I was just trying to bait you. I know, but there's other guys that are way more fragile chalk than Mahomes and the quarterback pricing and how it works. The scoring, I think is going to be mostly flat with four guys, but just like I said, like on a, on the, the ways I want to just create leverage on the field and say like Mahomes is not give you one on the slate is probably how I'm going to play it. So that's just kind of my angle there. But um, I've got another guy on, on the slate for the, if he beats me, he beats me.
1: Nice. I think it definitely gives you some contrarian edge. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Like, okay, in the this percentage outcome where he does put up 25, 30 points on DraftKings, then you're getting a lot of leverage on the field because he's probably going to be third most popular quarterback. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, it's an elite role. It's a great price. He's the dude, right? 86% of the backfield touches when Jarek McKinnon's been out this year. 76% of the snaps last week. I kind of ignore the matchup and just say, let's just move forward and you're going to be just fine. Um, I mean, the Ravens aren't great against the run. Like, we've seen running backs have success against them. They allowed a hundred plus yard rusher in four of their final game, five games of the year. So there was like running backs who had success. So don't just look at this defense and say, oh, they can't run the ball. Mahomes is going to have to throw the ball 45 times. Like, Pacheco is just a great high floor play that. You're going to play in cash. You can play in tournaments. I can't really give a ton of other advice. He's just so integral. And on this slate, like if he gives you 13 points, that might be enough at his price point. Like he doesn't need to get 20.
0: Yeah. And that's part of the reason that I'm not as into Mahomes is because I do think the plan of attack is going to be to lean on the ground game and not try to force the hand with Michael Hardman and Justin Watson and MBS against this defense. Right. This secondary. I wonder why. I know um and so yeah it's it's worked <laughs> and oftentimes it's kind of as simple as that with like I think the Chiefs will just keep going with Pacheco now the last couple of matchups have been easier relatively speaking you had the Dolphins who just you know had no linebackers healthy you had the be- the Buffalo Bills no linebackers healthy the Chiefs took massive advantage of that with Pacheco with Kelsey so it's going to be their toughest test that they face this year but man, we, and, you know, in, in fantasy, we just trust usage and it's going to be there for Pacheco. So I think he's my favorite chiefs play on the slate for obvious reasons. And just, I do think they're going to lean into him, which kind of takes me off of Mahomes.
1: Rasheed Rice is also going to be a high floor player. Uh, his 25% target share since week 10 is on this slate, like a big deal. The Ravens wide receivers are down. Um, We still have to figure out stuff with San Francisco. Rasheed Rice is the clear one on this team. I mean, Baltimore has been so good, though. So good against perimeter, against slot wide receivers. It's hard for me to say, like, go underweight Rasheed Rice when you look at the matchup because I just love his price point. Like, he's probably going to be the third most popular wide receiver. It's going to be Amon Ra. I if Debo's out, it's going to be way up there. And then it's probably Rice. And his floor has been nothing but great for three months straight. And I think what's going to happen, this is my like hand in the dirt take, is you're going to see a lot of short area passes where Kansas City doesn't want to get in third and long. And Baltimore is the best in the league at third and long. This offense is kind of transformed into let's kind of make our way down the field through these, you know, four, five, six-yard plays as opposed to what they used to do with Tyreek. So I think Rasheed Rice makes a ton of sense. It's kind of like what they used to do, uh, Patriots with Edelman, where it's like, let's give him some option routes. This guy's kind of grown into a role where we're just moving the chains down the field and eventually we get to the red zone and he's been really good there too. So I like Rasheed Rice. bandol at 7,100, I think is a great price too. So I can only say good things about him.
0: I will say there's one small thing on him. I don't know what this was and maybe it was kind of just their game plan. For some reason his route rate dipped seventy six percent last week, where he was like always at ninety-five plus for three weeks in a row. I don't know what that was, if that was just like a two tight end sets thing or two tight ends. Yeah, thing. what it was. So um that's just something to note. But, you know, like you said, I think just on this slate, when you think about the game theory. I think that we talked about running back. It's going to be CMC and Pacheco for everyone. I think it's going to be Amon Ra and Rasheed Rice for everyone. So maybe, if, again, if you're playing a portfolio of lineups, just be mindful of that and say, look, maybe I want to come in a little underweight on that combination of Amon Ra and Rashid Rice just to get some difference in your lineup. But like you said, the usage has been there. And we talked about it last week, like when the chips are down in the playoffs and you got to win, I think Mahomes is going to go to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey instead of the other dudes on the roster.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an important point to bring up. Last week, Andy Reid changed the plan, and I love that. I love finding that out from coordinators. It really makes it really hard for DFS to be like, oh, crap, they changed the game plan based on everything we were looking at. It's what Belichick was really good at this. McVay is really good at it, but they went to two tight ends 39% of the time. It's a season high because of all the injuries that Buffalo has had this year, especially in the linebacking group. So I don't think you're going to be able to see that exact same thing this week. So I'm fine with the route rate last week. It made sense with how the game flow was going. Uh, Let's talk about Kelsey and then we'll give some dart throws and and then move on to the next game. But 6,600 on DraftKings, 7,200 on FanDuel. In the playoff, his target share has been awesome. That's playoff Kelsey for you. 31%, 29%. His brother takes his shirt off. It's great stuff, man. (laughs) That's um, so funny. It's so great. Um, I... I think Travis Kelsey is going to be one of those players where he's the key to the slate. Like, if you're not playing Mark Andrews and Pacheco and Rice are going to be popular plays, then how you approach Kelsey is a big deal. Um, I, I'm seeing him or Kittle being the most popular tight ends. It makes a lot of sense. You can't really play all three Chiefs, though, in a lineup, right? Like That, that feels like that's too many mouths to feed.
0: Yeah, probably with kind of, uh, you know, anything can happen on a two-game slate, but just with the matchup, they've got the lowest team total on the slate. So I don't think I'd go there personally with all of uh, Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey in the same lineup. I mean, it could work if the Chiefs pull off the upset and then go a little sideways, but just from a, a probability standpoint, I don't think that's probably the best way to play the slate. To me, the way I'm going to approach Kelsey is simply game theory. And what I mean by that is if Debo is in, George Kittle's roster percentage will come down and I would love to play George Kittle more than Travis Kelsey in that scenario if Debo is out Kelsey is going to be massive 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 or uh, Kittle excuse me is gonna be massive chalk I'd rather play Kelsey and just hope I'm kind of on the, the right side of it right so um, I wish I had a better like football take is how I see the matchup going I, I don't have a strong take but I just think from a roster percentage standpoint you're going to see that fluctuate one way or the other with Kittle if Debo is in or out, and that's going to affect Kelsey, obviously. So that's where I'm uh, thinking as far as my Kelsey exposure.
1: I went back and looked at the last five AFC title games, which is, you know, they've been in them. Uh, 2019, all right? Kelsey went for 11 points, but, but, Sammy Watkins went for 18. Oh, right? next Sammy year,
0: Watkins. That's a name I wasn't expecting dude. to hear today.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you're about to hear it again because the very next year against the Titans, Travis Kelsey went three for 30. Okay, Tyreek Hill went for sixty-seven and two touchdowns, but Sammy Watkins went for seven one fourteen and one. He went back-to-back AFC title games where he just went bonkers. Um, the next year, Tyreek and Kelsey went off. Tyreek had twenty-nine DK points. Kelsey bets his line in twenty twenty-one against the Bills thirteen for one eighteen and two. Whoo, that'd be nice. It was it was quite quite nice. In 2022, Tyreek, he went off. Kelsey, 8 for 96 and 1. And last year was the MVS game. Uh, he went for 26 drafting points. But Kelsey also went. And my point in bringing that up is that every single year in the AFC title game, there has been a non-Travis Kelsey player on the Chiefs' side that has gone off. You can search for MVS. You can hope that Kadarius Toney learns how to play football. You can remind yourself that Sky Moore was once drafted in the NFL. You can also remember that they once took McCole Hardman in the second round. Uh, I think that was over DK Metcalf, but it's probably just Rasheed Rice, man.
0: It's probably Rasheed Rice. This one's interesting, right? Because like I don't think Sky Moore's. We're not sure if he's going to play or not. He's still technically on IR. Uh, he was a DNP Wednesday. Um, Kadarius Tony was a full practice Wednesday, so it sounds like he'll be back. But as we kind of mentioned on the show and in, in props and stuff. They just don't play him a lot in his first game back. So I'll have a full fade on Tony and just hope for the best if he plays. But the guy that like I'm kind of interested in just throwing a dart, and I, we joked about at the top of the show, is Justin Watson. And it's because of last week they did run a lot of those two tight end sets. His route rank came down. And I think it's going to go back up here against the Ravens. Now, I don't think he's super talented. I think the Ravens' defense is incredible. So I would not be shocked if he airballs. But you're just talking about game theory, right? And where he's priced kind of relative to Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds of the world. Like, it makes sense. And you're going to get a fraction of the roster percentage. So I think I'm going to throw a dart and pray. All
1: right. Give me your Vegas take knowing that Mahomes as a dog. And when you said the lowest team implied total on the slate, I was like, that is hilarious. We'll never get to say that again. Nope. Um, Mahomes as a dog in his career. Nine, one, and one against the
0: spread. That's crazy, dude. And I've seen this move out to four in some spots. And and I see the argument for both sides because it's like, man, the Ravens, they've just been so good. Maybe the Chiefs finally have their, you know, their flaws are shown when like their pressure's on. They can't get a key pass to one of their guys because they don't have the, the studs at wide receiver. But then at the other, other time, like this is Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and you're going to give him four points. I'm going to take Mahomes with the points here and hope for the best.
1: I like what you're saying, but I'm taking Lamar. <laughs> I, we didn't really talk about this, but the Chiefs do have some injuries. Yes. Especially on the offensive line, which uh, is somewhat worrisome. I just think that the Ravens, not only their defense, but they're going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Chiefs. And I, so I will, it feels like three and a half is such a key number that you would, you should take that uh, with a dog and you should take it with the best quarterback on the planet. But this year, the best quarterback on the planet is lamar jackson so i will take the ravens to go to the super bowl all right let's go to the nfc detroit lions at the san francisco 49ers dan campbell v kyle shanahan very different coaches very 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 different coaches in their approach but um the hardest thing for me is how do i assess this game if debo's out and do you have a read on where he's trending
0: So I kind of mentioned the line. To me, it seems like it's factoring in he plays. He did not practice Wednesday. Basically, he did like sprints on a field while holding a football. So not really a good indication or not. I would be surprised if he's close to full by Thursday or Friday, you know, recording this on Thursday afternoon. So we'll see. But ultimately, I think he suits up. Is he 100%? I don't think so. But if he plays, my hope is that the field kind of moves away from Ayuk and Kittle a little bit. In which case, those guys would just be outstanding plays on this slate. And honestly, if Debo's out, they're going to be even better plays, right? Because of the usage that's available. So I think either way, I'm probably out on Debo uh, coming off the injury and just betting on Ayuk in this dream matchup. Detroit has allowed at least one wide receiver to top 140 yards in five straight games. CeeDee Lamb, remember, set the franchise record for the Cowboys against this team. Puka Nakua in the wild card. Oh, round. I remember. Mike Evans. Last week, like wide receiver ones get there and this is the spot. So I, I'm going to lean into Brandon Ayuk. And like I said, I hope Devo is active because that'll keep his roster percentage down a little bit. But either way, it's it's a dream spot.
1: Yeah, I like Ayuk a lot. I, I wish Debo played because then I feel like you would. I mean, Debo's kind of been up in roster percentage a ton. San Francisco is 8-9 in their career with Devo inactive. And at first I thought like, OK, well, that brings Purdy down. But when you look at the splits with Debo off the field this year, which has been 164 dropbacks, uh, Purdy would still rank uh, number one in yards per attempt and number one in pass for. Like, he's fine. You don't have to worry about him too much, especially with this matchup. So knowing that Purdy will be popular, though, and CMC will be popular, and if Debo's out, Kittle will be popular. Is there any worry about these pieces and how you mix them together because of just how this team is so condensed around 20, uh, what is it? A 29 team implied total?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so tough, right? Cause like on paper, those guys are going to project incredibly well. And so if you play them, which not saying you can't, like you could do that. You just need to be mindful of what you're putting around it. You need to probably have a Rashad Bateman in your lineup. You got to take a shot on Justin Watson, like someone like that, just to get different. I would not play that combination with both Jameson Williams and Josh Reynolds, who are both going to be about 35 to 40% on this slate. So just be mindful of, of what's popular. Um, but like I said, like on on a two-game slate, everyone's popular. So it's not like you can get away from all the chalk. Just be mindful. If you are going to eat the 49ers' chalk, which I think it's a pretty good spot, just be careful with your putting around it.
1: Juwan Jennings is someone I need to mention because he went up $1,000. Um, You know, he was involved last week. He was actually targeted more frequently than Brandon Ayuk. I guess targets per out run were nineteen uh, and a half percent. Ayuk's was right below that at eighteen point eight, but he was he was there. And so, do you think he will get a boost in people's mind? I mean, he feels like a player that we've seen Juwan Jennings for the last two or three years. And on a smaller slate, I get it. But at forty six hundred, it's it, we're not getting him for free
0: for sure. And I think I think DraftKings and FanDuel to some degree too did a pretty good job of just kind of like pricing these guys as like what if. Debo misses, but also what if he plays? um And so, yeah, if, if Debo's in, I don't think he makes your player pool. If he is out, Juwan Jennings, I think, can be considered. But my concern is that he becomes chalk. And at that point, he'd be a guy I'd probably be looking to fade. Just, you know, you've got a decent sample of him in the NFL. He's not the best player in the world. I think he's decent, but I mean, on a small slate, you got to find leverage somewhere. And he'd be a spot I'd probably come in underweight.
1: Kittle is somebody that we like a lot man 5300 is such a cheap price are you willing to play Kittle in the flex knowing that he his splits when Debo's out have just been awesome so like I'm very open to playing two tight ends this week because I want to play Kelsey I want to play Kittle we'll talk about Laporte in a second so is Kittle more than just a tight end play like he's a flex play
0: yeah I think he's one of the better plays on the slate just period and obviously if Debo's out that's going to be even more true Um, you look at his splits without Debo and with Brock Purdy, this includes last week. You know, you're looking at like a 25% target share, almost 91 yards per game, 20 fantasy points per game. Like, it's really hard to poke holes in George Kittle, especially at the price. Like, they kind of just left him too cheap. So, I think George Kittle is a great play. Um, it's really nothing negative you can say about it.
1: Um. Okay, so we got to talk about CMC then, because I I feel like we just kind of e- end up saying like. Uh, play him, like ignore the matchup, move on. What does CMC have to do for him to fail this week? Like, what's the what's the point threshold?
0: I don't think there is one because it's all about the other running backs. Like, even if McCaffrey comes out and gives you 15, and the other guys all give you like 10, you know, like you're probably still gonna have needed McCaffrey even though he is 9K. So yeah, it's really hard to see McCaffrey uh, outside of injury, which can happen. Um, failing. Uh, Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell didn't touch the ball at all last week. So you're getting the best running back in the game with 100 percent of the touches, and with Debo potentially banged up or out. I mean, in the two games this season without Debo, 64 receiving yards, 51 receiving yards. You can't say anything negative about CMC. I think he's. If if you're making me pick kind of one of the two guys that everyone's going to play, whether it's Chris McCaffrey or Pacheco, to just eat it, I'm going to play McCaffrey.
1: What if I told you, and we just got a report here, that Diva Samuel will be limited in practice today, per Kyle Shanahan. I think he plays. Okay. So that gets you. Does that that gets you more on Kelsey,
0: potentially, just as like a leverage, or yeah, maybe just as like a leverage playoff Kittle who will be popular. But I, again, I'm going to play a couple lineups and I'm going to have exposure to to both guys, Kittle and Kelsey. I just think when you when you look at the roster percentages come Sunday, if Debo is in, I think Kelsey will become more contrarian relatively speaking
1: yeah, well, make sure you stay tuned to our best plays, which is part of the DFS pass because it it despite there not being many players, you know we have to think of everything in context. So if Debo Samuel plays, it affects not just the 49ers players, not just the Lions players, but also how we're projecting at other price points you know for wide receiver and saying okay well Rasheed Rice at this point that changed his roster percentage makes me want to play more my uh, Brandon Ayuk and be overweight the field on Brandon Ayuk if Debo plays just as some leverage well let's go to the Lions side we haven't even mentioned them like at all uh, do you give the Lions a chance on the road as a touchdown dog
0: I mean this team they just fight dude like with Dan Campbell under center, this team is the best against the spread in the NFL in his three years. So I think they're going to be live in this game. I do think ultimately San Francisco, you know, kind of gets over what they had last week where Debo left early. They kind of had to adjust the game plan. Now they can game plan, you know, Kyle Shanahan will have things in place to prepare for the Debo issue. So ultimately I think San Francisco wins this game, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the lions are live here. I will say, You're going to hear a lot this week about the home road splits with Jared Goff, and I'm interested to get your take on that because it's not like he's going to Buffalo in January, right? Like he's going to California where he's from, where he played. But at the same time, Detroit has played one outdoor game since October. They've been blessed with obviously their home games in a dome, and every road game basically has been in a dome as well. So I'm interested to kind of see how the field reacts to that with Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's an easy narrative just to say Don't play him, but he's already going to be probably the fourth most rostered quarterback. So it's already like baked in price, baked in for roster percentage. You don't have to count it three or four times over because the field's not going to like him. It is worth noting about this 49ers defense. I was going back through their games. Their three worst games of the year were at home. Like they had terrible games against Arizona, against Cincinnati, and against the Rams where they were back and forth affairs that we didn't think they would happen. And you got a ton of chunk games underneath. I mean, he leads the league in percentage of throws over the middle of the field. And that's like not rocket science, right? Like Amon Ra, Sam Laporta over and over and over again. That's where San Francisco has been really good. So when you have strength on strength, I think people kind of give more credit to the defense than they should. And I kind of ignore that. That's what we always talk about with, you know, wide receivers. If they're a top five wide receiver, if it's Justin Jefferson, I ignore the matchup. I just, you know, I'm playing the player. That's some of the studies we've done on our site too. So I think Jared Goff, a Jared Goff double stack is probably one of the most contrarian ways that you can get leverage on this slate if you think the Lions can hang with them. Because the 49ers defense is not, you know, perfect by any means. So I think if you want to play golf at a low roster percentage, you're obviously playing with a Monroe and then you can either play him with Gibbs or Laporta. I probably will stay away from some Josh Reynolds. I just think he's getting up in price. He's the wide receiver six on FanDuel. Jamison Williams is an interesting dart throw, but I I always am disappointed.
0: Yeah, and the issue is that those guys are both going to be 40-ish percent, and I would not want to play into that. So if I am going to play golf, it's saying, yeah, it goes through him on Raw, and Laporta, who I think is going to be kind of, relatively speaking, a little contrarian to the other tight ends. Um and it gives you massive leverage on the build that everyone's going to play with the cheap Detroit Lions guys. So um, yeah, I, I definitely want to be underweight. Jamison Williams and Josh Reynolds just from a game theory standpoint. But I kind of like the golf take and just say, yeah, like it goes through Omanron. It goes through Laporta, who is getting healthier off that knee issue.
1: The running backs are are tough too. I, I have a, such a hard time playing David Montgomery. I mean, th- there's only four teams, so anybody works. But his efficiency is really hard To like bet on, I was doing this kind of a overview of the running back position this year. 90% of his fantasy points this year came on the ground. 90%. So when you get a player that's not catching patches, I think he had 16 receptions all year, he's pass blocking on 23% of the pass plays. You're wiping out a ton of plays. You need him to get in the end zone. And with Pacheco on this slate, CMC, and then I think Gus Edwards, like I think that Dave Montgomery is basically a more expensive Gus Edwards.
0: Yeah, but uh, kind of, (laughs) kind of. I think he gets more work, like, you know, in between the 20s than uh, Gus Edwards does.
1: But who has a better team implied total? Who has the better running matchup?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's two points. Um, The I think Gus Edwards has a better matchup. I will say you can run on the Niners. But the way you beat the Niners in the run game, as we saw with Aaron Jones last week, is off tackle and on the edge. And that is where Jameer Gibbs, I think, will shine. Yes. So just hand-in-the-dirt football guy take. I love Jameer Gibbs for that spot a lot more than Dave Montgomery. Um, and the thing about Montgomery that's always scary is, yeah, you could miss out on those two touchdown games. If they're getting close, he's the guy. But they've kind of been rotating drives with Montgomery and Gibbs. And they've kind of been using them a little bit differently late in the year compared to where they were in the first month or two so i'll probably come in underweight in montgomery and lean into gibbs and you know hope i'm kind of on those big explosive plays from gibbs and just fade the, the touchdown equity with montgomery and hope for the best
1: see that's exactly how i feel and even as we're saying that i'm like damn montgomery's the kind of player that you look up and you're like that dude had 50 yards but he scored twice
0: and he came in at 20 percent on the slate like how is that possible right like i, I could see him being a guy that comes in way lower than he should.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then maybe that's the best way to categorize him. You don't have to fade. I wouldn't fade him, but in your builds, he's the contrarian piece. He's not the, you know, you can play chalk everywhere else. If you want, like if you want to play CMC Pacheco and Montgomery, that's fine with me because a lot of times people are just going to be playing him and not Pacheco. um, If you want that and you think he gets the touchdown. So uh, any other takes on the Lions side?
0: Um, no, I don't think so. I think we kind of hit on, on most of it. The other thing that we, I just mentioned kind of in passing was just the Jameson Williams and Josh Reynolds chalk. I don't know, man. It seems... We've, we've been talking about with Jamison Williams every week, right? It's like, he's going to be out there. He should have opportunity. But it's been like two for 20, right? Like, I, I don't know. And the field's going to keep playing him, so I'll probably just look elsewhere.
1: Yeah, and Reynolds, he caught the touchdown last week, which... Those are the kind of things that drive me insane. Two for 27 in touchdown is not super impressive, but it'll look good at the price point. He's still been targeted on just 13% of his routes this year. So I I don't love his outlook at all. So I, I'd rather just go elsewhere. And then like we said, Monra, play him. It's really hard to find a case to, to fade him or be underweight. I'll just be at what the field's doing and we can move on from there. Give me your Vegas take.
0: Oh man, this one is so tough. Well, I don't have a, a take on the spread or the total, but I like the Niners here at 29 points. I think people are kind of a little like, you know, what happened to Brock Purdy? What happened to this Niners team? Well, the rain was happening last week, and he was clearly affected, drawing his hand off mid-drop back. Did you see that? Um, yes. And we've been betting this every week, and it's been cashing, and now you get the Lions who can't stop anyone through the air. So give me Niners 29 points.
1: Yeah, and we're not – right now it doesn't look like there's weather issues. Not a weatherman. shouldn't man. be. Uh, so I think I like the over actually in this game on uh, a 51 point total. Are you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Oh my god, I'm doing all right. All right. Let's move on. Prop it like it's hot. If you want to get all of our props, you can give it the DFS pass, DFS We have a props article. We've already started laying some early in the week. Um, man, bets, this is a. This is an hour-long show on two games. Just, just two dudes talking football.
0: Love it. Hand on the dirt.
1: All right, give me your, give me your uh, prop for the people.
0: So I'm going to go a little off the board this week. This is a prop I found on DraftKings. They have a market for players to lead the game in certain categories, whether it's you know receiving, longest reception, rushing, stuff like that. So in the San Francisco and Detroit game, there's a market for the player to have the longest rush, not the most rushing yards, just who will have the longest run in the game. Christian McCaffrey is minus 500 in this market. Jameer Gibbs is plus 330. That feels like a pretty overreaction, don't you think, of just not saying who's going to have the most rushing yards, but just one explosive play, and I talked about it. The way that you run on the Niners is off edge, off tackle, and that's where Jameer Gibbs can be ultra explosive. In the regular season, he and McCaffrey were number one and number two in uh, running back carries of 15-plus yards. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, way more carries, So the higher percentage of the runs that Gibbs had went for his explosive play. So I don't think it's a misprice in the market. I would make it like yes. minus 150, minus 200 in favor of Christian McCaffrey, not minus 500. So half a unit play for me on plus 330, Gibbs to have the longest run in the Lions and Niners game.
1: And just to put some numbers to minus 500, the implied odds of that is 83%. Way too which high. Which is... Way too high for just one player, right? If it was just 50 50 between Gibbs and um, McCaffrey, you might change that up. But like, just you have also the rest of the field um, that could also do it. So And I the would, Lions'
0: run defense, man, is really good.
1: So, yeah, no, plus 330 feels like a good value. I will take an under because that's what I do on Lamar Jackson, his rushing yards. I don't know if you're going to like this one, Bets. It said 66.5 on some books. It's already gone down to 61.5. But on underdog and on FanDuels at 66 and a half his rushing yards, uh, Lamar Jackson, all right, he's had some big uh rushing performances against the Chiefs in the past. This is a different defense. This year, on the ground against quarterbacks, they've been awesome. All right. So they played against earlier in the year uh, earlier in the year fields. Hurts Allen all way under this number. And Allen got past it last week, but he needed 12 rush attempts and barely got over it at 72 yards. Median outcomes is what I usually bet. It doesn't feel great to take an under, but in this case, I will take Lamar and his under.
0: That's a terrifying bet. It's okay if you don't like it. I I'm not touching this one, man, because I think the way that he's gonna want to play is run the ball. And you know like he could trip off a huge 80-yard run, right? So this is terrifying. Oh, for I'm, sure. I'm not playing this, but I understand the math uh, behind it.
1: Imagine rooting against Lamar.
0: I will, I will not be doing that.
1: Yeah. No, it, it w- I will say from Lamar this year, he's scrambling more than he ever has, but his design runs are, are lower than they ever have been. So that's what you really need. You need some scrambles where he's out of the pocket. Uh, football take of the day. All right, if you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com, our DraftKings League. Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg, and Betts. You can play with us. You can join our contests. You can win some money. And like we have said, the conference championship games have been quite kind to us.
0: Betts, sign off. Hey, maybe Rashad Bateman's what you need. Maybe it's Justin Watson. Maybe it's none of them. We'll see. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. Enjoy the games. Should be awesome football. i have some contests up for us on DraftKings to play, and we will see you next week where we start to look forward towards... The Super Bowl. Good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.